Welcome to the Social Siren Podcast and get ready to talk about business, marketing, and how to juggle it all alongside the roller coaster of life. You'll learn from us what works, what doesn't, and how to bridge the gap between success, frustrations, family life, and business ownership. If you've got a business or just thinking about one, we've got some interesting things to talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Now, here's your host. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Social Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Reedy business owner, marketer, social strategist, and mom. And I'm here to share the ups, the downs, and the hard lessons of business ownership with you. My guest today is Kristen Ogenini. She's a freelance videographer up in the tippy top of the nation in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And she has some really important business lessons to share with us today. And her lessons are things that I think many of us struggle with when we're just starting out in business. And that is learning how to say no and having those hard conversations up front when you're dealing with a new customer or client. So Kristen, thank you so much for being with us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? My name is Kristen Ogenini and I'm a freelance videographer and filmmaker located in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I do mostly all video type of work, um, marketing videos, commercials, and documentary filmmaking. As long as we, I'm also a videographer on some different television programs. So when I was working, when I had a full-time nine-to-five job, I did start a blog called My Finnish American Life. Mm-hmm. That kind of happened because I was doing work with the Finnish American Heritage Center in Hancock. I kind of wanted an outlet for storytelling. I was working at Channel 12 in Rhinelander and I was doing a lot of commercial work and it just wasn't enough for me. I wanted to tell stories. Um, so that was kind of my outlet. So I did actually travel around the country um, filming different Finnish American uh, festivals and events. Just after starting that blog, I decided to start working for myself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all this work started piling up for me, you know, um, and great work, you know, videography and different films um, that my blog kind of got pushed away to the side. Yeah. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah. I watched you do that, though, and it was really awesome. I enjoyed doing those stories. Um, and I did receive a grant that helped pay for, you know, those first handful of stories that I did did do. I guess I could have pursued it and tried to somehow fund that, but mm-hmm. I found a whole lot of other projects to do. Yeah, <laughs> and you learned a lot. I did. I did learn quite a bit doing those. And the best part was the traveling, that I got to go to different Finnish-American communities in Florida, in on the East Coast, on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and a lot of people. So what would you say when you first started your business, you first transitioned out of Channel 12, was one of the harder lessons that you learned as a new business owner? There's two two lessons that I've learned as a business owner is one, how to say no. Mm. I am terrible about saying no. I'm a yes person. I don't even think I know the word no. So hard though. It is so hard. And every project that comes my way, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I tend to overwhelm myself and bite Mm -hmm. off more than I can choose. Four years into it now, I'm finally learning to say no. I think I've gotten to the point where I can pick and choose my projects and what I want to work on. I have been saying no. It gets a little easier every time you say no, but it is so hard. 
especially starting out, there's this feeling of there's never going to be enough jobs. There's that kind of lack in money mindset. You need to get it all because you're feeling like you're not going to be able to support yourself when you first start. (laughs) It's a little bit of panic inducing. Saying no is tough. It is. And that, you know, as you said, as a a freelancer um, working for yourself, you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. Right. I mean, you do have, and you have clients and I have clients that are a monthly client. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a monthly income that I know is guaranteed to be there. So that's not. So was there anything that finally pushed you over the edge to finally be able to say no once in a while, at least? I think it was weddings that I finally said no to a wedding. Um, and it felt like a weight had lifted. Just a relief. <laughs> right. I also said no to teaching. I did teach part-time at Nicolet College. Mm, um, I forgot all about that. And when the, the pandemic and everything happened and I was supposed to put my class virtually, I was in such a panic because I didn't know how to teach virtually. So you almost needed to reach your absolute breaking point before you <laughs> finally learned to say no, which I can't say I planned any better. I absolutely reached my breaking point before I started to say no to things. And I was saying yes to things that weren't even that related to my business, like social media tech support and stuff like that, which I don't do, but I'll say yes. It's hard to say no. Well, what about your lesson number two? Lesson number two I had to learn the hard way is talking about money. One of the hardest things I think about working for yourself and especially working with other people, contract work, is you pretty much got to figure out how you're getting paid, when you're getting paid, right up front. And just getting that awkward converse because money is awkward. It is awkward. I don't know why we make it so awkward. It runs the world. We all know we need money Mm -hmm. to survive. So why do we make it so awkward to talk about? I did learn the hard way. I started on a project with with another person and money was never talked about. Roles and responsibilities in the project were never talked about. I mean, we just dived in head first and then six months later it all fell apart. And I feel like in our fields where a lot of our work is virtual, it's easy for people to think that we can just give this away, that it's not something time consuming or very skill oriented. It happens in these virtual type fields. People feel like because it's not something tangible they're buying, they're not buying a thing. And you got to realize time is the most valuable resource. Literally the only thing we're not going to get more of. There's more money. There's more stuff. There's more everything else. It's time. Do you have any advice for people who are having a hard time having those money conversations up front? Just break that ice, rip off that bandaid and talk about it. Actually, I have a meeting next week and we got to talk about my roles and responsibilities in this business and money. I I struggle myself to know what my own value is and what, you know, how much money I feel is worth my time or I don't think it'll be awkward. Um, I think we know each other very well, me and this business partner. And that it shouldn't be. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to ask for a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I don't want to actually do a lot of work for nothing. Right. So how did you figure out how much your time was worth? Or are you still working on that? <laughs> I'm still working on that. It's because every project that I do is just so completely different. Mm-hmm. Every type of video, every type of film I do is so, so different. They all cost different. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people ask me, send me your rates. It's like, I did start off right away with rates and I learned right away that 
to throw those rates out the window. You know, I was like, right. okay, like a 30 second video is going to cost this. A minute video is going to cost this, but every video is so different. You know, mm -hmm. I might have to go and run out to many different locations for one video or the next video only requires me to go to one location or one day of shooting or else five days of shooting. They're all different. I mean, I base, you know, mostly on time, you know, and obviously travel and you know, how many days do I feel that it's going to take me? And then I have like an, you know, an hourly rate in mind as far as like editing or filming, you know, and then I just figure out really how much time it's going to take me and base, you know, a quote on that. Have you ever sat down and figured out what it costs you a month to run your business and compare that to what you would need to make to break even and then do that whole calculation. It's not as daunting as it sounds like, actually. You have QuickBooks, right? Yes. So there's a report in there that tells you exactly how much is going out every month on average. What I did is I just figured out on average what was going out every month and figured out how many clients at this rate I would need to break even and juggled it from there. So if I only want a max of 10 clients, how much do I need to be charging those 10 clients to break even? And then what do I need to live? Add that on and just kind of figured it out that way. Mine is mostly time and equipment. Obviously I made the initial investment when I first started mm -hmm. in equipment, but as you know, with technology and video equipment, it keeps advancing and to be able to give the best quality product and a product that your clients want, you have to keep up yeah. with the best video equipment. For what I do and the market that I have, you know, I try to have, you know, the best equipment that I can afford. You do have additional challenges in the market you're in, though, as far as presenting your skilled services to an extremely rural environment who isn't necessarily used to paying out for corporate videos or these type of services. There is that additional challenge. I think what works for me is being a one-woman video production crew. It keeps the cost down for people that hire me because I'm not paying additional people to, you know, be camera operators, to be editors, you know, I do mm -hmm. everything myself. So that does keep the cost down for, like you said, rural businesses and organizations that don't have a huge budget to bring in a film crew from the cities to come in. You know, I've thought about, do I want to grow into that? Do I want to be in a bigger business where I hire people and... But then, yes, I will have to charge more. And I do think that I am providing a little bit of a service to to some of the smaller businesses. You and I share that passion and the little guy. Yeah. That's, that's really who I enjoy helping as well. Because mm -hmm. there's tons of people out to help those big corporations. But the little guys matter. So have you had any experience or have any advice for fielding those will you do this for free questions? like way ahead of time. For example, have you got an email that says, hey, can you just pop by this? And Or would you mind bringing your video camera to this birthday party? Like, How do you deal with those kind of situations? I had had it come up recently that, you know, somebody asked if I could volunteer my drone. And I probably would have said yes, <laughs> but I was busy that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't go there. I mean, it wasn't feasible. It right. was a weekend and I had plans with my friends because I need to make time for my personal life, which is really hard when you're self-employed, is to make sure to schedule time for family, for friends. You're going to burn out if you don't. You're just going to start hating it and you don't want to hate this beautiful thing you've built. I probably would have said yes had I not already committed myself that day. What do they say? You're, you're getting paid in experience. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I guess my answer would be is like, I don't need to get paid an experience. I've got plenty of experience. Yeah, yeah. I'll just let my utilities company know that I'm going to just pass on these experiences to them. I actually have, I made an email template because I'm dealing with this trickle down effect from all of the first two years where I constantly said yes to everything. And now there's so many businesses out there that will just email me and say, hey, can you just do this quick? I said yes so much that I'm dealing with this now years later. That's how bad I was. I made this email template that all it says is, yeah, I would absolutely love to help you with that. Here's my hourly rate and a calendar link for you to book a consultation. And that's it. And I just send it out every time. And it's Calendly. I don't know if you've heard of that app, but you can create descriptions for each event that they're booking. And I just made a nice description that says consultation fees are this. We're happy to help you. Boom, done. And 95% of them never email me back, which I don't know how I feel about that. But I just made a template because then I don't feel like I'm saying no. It just feels like check off my to-do list. And I didn't say no. I said yes. But, yes, yes, but, but <laughs> you have to pay me. That's, so That's really good advice. And I'm going to take that advice. Yeah. I sometimes kick myself that I got into this situation where I said yes so many times to so many people that dozens of people think that I do this for free. <laughs> like, but I'm working on it. Kind of on the same topic. I sent off an invoice and hopefully they pay it. But how do you deal with rate increases so say i've been working for this one person doing video work here and there at this rate which was way too low to begin with and now i'm like there's no way i'm working for that amount of money right you have that i mean that's still not saying that's that money conversation being like i'm sorry but no if you want me to come and film this for you it's going to be this much I yes. guess that's just what I say. That's what I'll have right. to say. <laughs> yes, but. Yes, but. <laughs> um, so what I usually do in those situations is I let them know ahead of time. Say, just so you know, and on this date, the rates have increased, and these are the reasons. Increase gas prices for travel, increase production costs, etc. So just so you know, in this date of 2022, rates will be increasing, and... Then it's ahead of time. So either they decide to continue to book you at that rate or they decide not to, but they know. If it's a sort of past tense thing, I would just eke it up a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. So uh, just so you know, this rate increased, the hourly rate increased by $25 or what have you, and just do it a little more slowly. But ahead of time, if you can, is always best. You don't have to apologize for this is what I cost. And you can always do that at the inquiry email as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to do this for you. These are my updated rates, period. Just a few words. Rip off that Band-Aid. Rip it off. Rip it off. These conversations, they are hard to have, but it does get easier with practice, I've noticed. That particular conversation doesn't bother me anymore. That's good. Just so you know, these are my updated rates. After so many years you've been into it, you just can't have the same rates that you did so many years ago. It just doesn't work. And his cost of living is going up as it is right now. Right. It makes sense that these costs are going to go up too. And actually, it would be the same advice that I give business owners when dealing with a bad review. Just prepare ahead of time so that there's no emotional reaction. So you don't need to react emotionally because you already have this written down. You already dealt with all that stuff internally. So I have people imagine what bad reviews could be and make a template for how they're going to respond to a bad review. This could be the same thing for you. 
is you have someone who wants you to do something for free. What are you going to do ahead of time so that you don't panic? What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? The best part of working for myself is really the flexibility. If I want to take a day off, I take a day off. Yeah. If I want to call her good at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, all right. If I want to work till 7 p.m. because I'm in a good editing groove, mm-hmm. I can keep going. It really is the freedom and the flexibility. Just freedom and really just getting to do what I love and not answering to anybody. But definitely the best thing about having your own gig here is being able to chase what you want to do. And you're going to be able to do it any even more when you stop saying yes to everything. That's my favorite thing, though, too, is just I do what I love. Mm-hmm. And if I need to pivot my business because I'm starting to love something else, I can. Yes. Like Right now, I'm building those planners so that I can guide businesses that I don't automatically need to have a hand in their business. It's, like, really exciting. I found that our personality types as business owners tend to be we get excited about things and chase them like I like that I can do that every night till 10 o'clock at night working on this planner and it's I'm really excited about it it's gonna be so cool like how limited have I been the past five years that I can only help someone who can afford to bring on another staff like that's two-thirds of the people I have been have had to turn away or have avoided even asking for help because they can't afford that like now I can help everyone, even the person who's just starting. That's exciting. It'll be done. Um, it's actually, the design is finalized on Friday and then it's going to go over to manufacturing, which takes a couple months, okay. but so probably by the end of quarter two, I should be able to fully launch it. I like yeah. that. I like being able to do what I want to do. And you're building your own thing, right? You don't feel like you're spending 40 hours a week building someone else's success. I'm building my own success. It's mine. So thank you, Kristen, for sharing your hard lessons with us. I think you really hit on the two hardest lessons that we all have starting out. It's talking about money and saying no. Those are two big ones. They are tough. So if someone wants to learn more about your business or your services, where can they find you? I do have a website. It's kristinojanimi.com. K-R-I-S-T-I-N. O-J-A-N-I-E-M-I dot com. Thank you for spelling that for us. You can just find me by my name on Instagram or Facebook. That's where you'll be. That's where I'll be. I'll put those links in the show notes too so that people can click them instead of try to spell that. Okay. Well, thank you, Kristen. I appreciate you. you sharing your lessons. A huge thank you to Kristen for sharing her business lessons with us today. Those topics are so important, and I don't know about you, but for me, those were both very hard things for me to get a handle on early in my business. Saying no is hard, especially early on in your business when you feel like you need to be all things to everyone in order to succeed. But hopefully today, hearing these things from Kristen and I will help you overcome those obstacles in your own business and hopefully make your learning curve a little less steep as you tackle this journey that is business ownership. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you would take a quick second to leave this podcast a review, it really helps me grow while my podcast is new. If you want more information from me or just to hang out a little more, you can find me on Instagram at, at social siren marketing. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks for joining us on the Social Siren Podcast. 
For more information on guests, transcripts, and everything about Social Siren, go to socialsirenmarketing.com slash podcast. Remember to subscribe because this podcast may just change your life.